Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Hey, turn with me in your Bibles. We're in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But I want to take you to a verse. I felt that the Lord just, just enlightened me and just shared. The Holy Spirit led me to during worship. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Before we get into our main passage. Verse 20. The word of God says... For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. His promises are yes and amen. So Paul is telling the church of Corinth, all the promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen... The word amen literally means, yeah, you're coming into agreement. Our amen ascends to God for his glory. So the promises are already a yes in Christ. They're fulfilled in Christ. When you amen, when you come into agreement, you're coming to agreement with what God's word says over your life, over your family, over your circumstance. And your yes is a resounding to the glory of God. And church, I want to come into agreement with what God's doing in my life and what God's doing in this hour. So now let's go to our passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going verse by verse. It's our 24th sermon in the book of 1 Corinthians. And we're in the gifts of the Spirit. Some refer to them as the supernatural gifts. Some refer to them as the, 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 the charismata, the, the, the gifts of grace. We pick up in verse 6, and we're going to read down to verse 11 for the sake of context. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Notice the purpose. So we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to one or someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Now here we are in verse 10. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy, and he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. They come from the Spirit of God. The Spirit distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Tonight, we're going to talk about miracles. Aren't you thankful 
for a miracle-working Father. Aren't you thankful he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Let us pray. Father, we come to you, and Lord, we pray that you open our hearts to receive, and God, give us ears so to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. God, we, we need the manifestation of your Spirit in our life. God, we need, we need miracles. God, there are some here tonight, maybe, maybe they just got a report from a doctor. It's not very promising. God, they need a miracle. Maybe, maybe God, there's some that's watching via live stream and, and Lord, their, their marriage is in shambles and, and they're about to fall apart and they need a miracle in their home. Father, I pray that tonight, God, you would just manifest your presence. May hope fill our hearts. God, our nation needs a miracle. Our world needs to see the miracle working power of the Almighty. Truly, you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, the Lord who sees, the Lord who makes provision. We thank you and we love you in Christ's name. Amen. The New King James says to another, the working of miracles. The NIV translates the phrase as to another miraculous powers. The New Century translation says the Spirit gives to another person the power to do miracles. The American Standard Version says, to another, workings of miracles. And it's interesting because in the original, that word workings and miracles are in the plural. The message, which is a paraphrase, essentially says miraculous acts. How many know we need the miraculous acts of God in our day-to-day life? You know, as you read through the gifts of the Spirit... Right slap dab in the middle is the working of miracles. I love Donald Gede's take on this. He writes, the working of miracles is put here in the very middle of the list and just takes its place among other manifestations of the Spirit, which we regard as more ordinary. He continues to write, probably that is where we are wrong. First, because we do not expect the miraculous sufficiently. So Donald Gee writes and he says, expect the miraculous to show up in your life. The challenge is we do not expect the miraculous to happen enough. And then he says, second, because we do not see enough of the miraculous in the ordinary. It is a true statement. There are miracles all around you every day. Sometimes we don't see the miracle of life. Sometimes we don't see, choose to see the miracle of a restoration of a relationship that's, that's been fractured for years and suddenly reconciliation happens. One, getting saved, born again, coming to the saving knowledge of Christ is the miraculous new birth happening. 
The miraculous is really all around us. But let's talk about a miracle for a moment. Let's give a, a definition. A miracle, by definition, is an orderly intervention in the regular operations of nature. A supernatural suspension of a natural law. <laughs> we need God to supernaturally suspend some things in the natural and do something miraculous. Another explanation is a miracle is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. A miracle takes place against natural laws. This gift works miracles in creation by superseding the ordinary course of nature. Think back to the Old Testament. Think back to Moses and Aaron. Think back to Aaron's rod blossoming and growing almonds overnight. It was a manifestation of the working of miracles. What about the Red Sea parting or Balaam's donkey speaking? These were miracles, the suspension of natural law and God manifesting his glory and his might in that particular instance. Elijah and Elisha worked miracles. For example, one pint of oil filling many containers, many jars, and gallons of oil. And the oil did not run out until there was a lack of containers. You remember the prophet said, how many jars do you have? I got nothing but this little jar of oil. Go borrow containers. And they began to pour the oil. They began to, and it, and it, it just didn't run out until every container in the house was filled. And then she was able to sell the oil and to live uh, to provide her need. That was a suspension of natural law. That was a manifestation of a miracle. Jesus' first miracle, turning water into wine. Jesus walked on water. What about feeding the 5,000 with some loaves and fish. And as he began to break it, he gave it to the disciples. It just kept going, kept multiplying. Many believe the miracle took place in the breaking, in the distributing. A lot of times we see the miraculous and we, we, we miss it in the ordinary, but it happens whenever, whenever we are in the process of giving, breaking off a little bit to give to somebody else. It's a powerful moment as you see the miraculous take place. All of these are demonstrations of the working of uh, miracles. And a great example and story of the gift of miracles was the, the blinding of Elamus in Acts 13, verses 6 through 11. What about the floating of the axe head in the Old Testament? The laws of nature were suspended and God intervened by his great power. And I show you these examples and, and I bring these examples to your remembrance to, to help you understand and to realize 
what you already know. The word of God is filled with miracle upon miracle upon miracle. And it's to give hope to you and I that God will perform miracles in our life even now, in our day and age. Every one of us will agree this past year we have been through the ringer. But it's not just here. It's everywhere. The world. It's like the world is in convulsions. It's like the world is in birth pains. We need the manifestation of the power of God like never before. Let me state this. There is a need for God to show up when we meet together. One description that Paul gives the gifts is a manifestation of the Spirit. And that description, manifestations of the Spirit creates an anticipation that God will or has shown up. That God has arrived on the scene, if you would. And there's ever been a day and age in my lifetime, there's never been a time more important than for God to show up than now. We need God to show up. Show up in the church, show up in our community, show up in our nation once again. And what is evident in the book of Acts in the New Testament is there was an expectation, even an anticipation for God to show up in the miraculous. You cannot read the book of Acts without understanding and catching that there was an expectation and even an anticipation that the miraculous was going to happen. It was ordinary. It was going to take place when the people of God came together. And church, may we anticipate God to show up and even perform miracles among his people. May we cultivate an atmosphere where the spirit of God can be manifested in a greater degree. And may you and I approach each service with a degree of pushing in, going beyond the garden gate till we experience God's manifested presence. God is with us. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But there are times when he is manifested in his presence. And the miraculous takes place. My hope and my prayer during this season as we're coming out of this great fight, that the manifestation, the power of God be displayed in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, in our churches like never, never before. Our theme as a church for 2021 is steadfastness. And my hope is is that we'll be steadfast in our pursuit of the presence of God. Because see, I believe the world is looking for a church filled with the supernatural, able to affect change in its surroundings. So I want to look at this word... uh, Miracles. The literal Greek of the passage is dunamis. Operations of works of power. Dunamis. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 1.8. That same word used in Acts 1.8 is the same Greek word used here for Miracles. It is the operation of uh, works of power. 
A miracle especially understood as the manifestation of great power. And the great thought is of power, the power of God operating by the Spirit of God in and through the church of God. It's the power of God working through the Spirit of God in and through the church of God. How many want to be a vessel that God uses? How many want the Spirit of God to flow through your life? So the power of God operating by the Spirit of God in and through the church. So my challenge this evening and my hope and prayer for glad tidings As we gather together on Sundays, as we gather together throughout the week, we gather together our midweek services, you gather around that TV screen and we worship together that we would be people of uh, the Spirit. That we would be people of the Spirit. Go with me to Acts chapter 6 just for a moment. I want you to look at a a verse, verse 8. This verse describes Stephen. Stephen became the first martyr in the New Testament. But it gives this description, description, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, dunamis, perform amazing miracles and signs among the people. It is here in Acts 6 where the working of miracles extends beyond the 12 disciples. Stephen was not... What are the 12 disciples? He was a follower of Christ. He was a, a leader, influential man, but he was full of the Holy Spirit, full of God's grace, full of God's power. To be full means one can be lacking, one can be empty. To be full implies a distinct quality of something. The implication is one can live in such a way as to be described as full of, full of grace, full of God's power, full of God's mercy. In this context, it is full of the power of God, of God's grace, of God's giftings. And church, I don't know about you, but I want to live in such a way as to be full of God's grace and full of God's power, his dunamis, his, his anointing, his power to be, his power to do. See, the power of God operating by the Spirit of God in and through the church. You know, Jesus definitely promised his disciples that they would perform the same miracles that he had. And Jesus even went a little step further. He says, you'll do even greater things. You'll find that recorded in John's gospel, chapter 14. Listen to the words of Christ. Verse 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. So notice the promise that he's making. You'll do what I've done, but you'll do even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. The context is to bring glory to the Father. See, the promise of the Spirit was linked with their receiving power. You receive power after that, the Holy Spirit. 
comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. See, the simple narrative of the New Testament records and records that just such miracles did take place. The miraculous happened. I love reading the New Testament. I love reading the book of Acts, the story of, of Peter praying over Dorcas, who's dead, and she's brought back to life. It's right there in Scripture, Acts 9, verse 40. Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the, the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. Now, notice verse 42. The news spread throughout the whole town. Many believed in the Lord, and Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. And remember, it's the very next chapter that Cornelius has this visitation from the angel of the Lord. Peter, Peter is in uh, Joppa right here because he's been there a long time. The miraculous has taken place. The power of God has been manifested in this Acts chapter 10 where the, the birth of the Gentile church begins to explode with the baptism of the Holy Spirit of Cornelius and his household. You fast forward to Acts chapter 19. Verse 11 and 12, there's a statement of God doing special miracles at Ephesus. Verse 11 says, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles, is how the New Living Translation puts it. The King James puts it this way, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. And then he begins to describe it in verse 12, going back to the New Living when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were even expelled. Stanley Horton writes this, an important factor in this spread of the gospel in the Roman Asia was the fact that God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. And then he says, the Greek really means the Lord made miracles in everyday occurrence. It was an everyday happening in the book of Acts. But here in Ephesus, there were unusual miracles. In the fact that, that, that the, the work aprons that, that Paul worked in, people would come and take them off. They would take them, the handkerchiefs, and, and the faith of the sick as they laid hands or they put the handkerchiefs, then people were healed. It's the miraculous power of God. It cannot be explained by natural laws. It can only be explained that God showed up. Right. And church, we need some events in our life that cannot be explained in natural means. Right. Cannot be explained. We all can say, God did it. God intervened. Now, what I love about Acts 19 is there's a little humorous story here. The seven sons of Sceva. Let's go down and read a little bit further. Verse 13, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. 
They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, Sceva was a leading priest, were doing this. So you had the priest, you have his sons, they've watched what has happened. They claim to be exorcists. They don't have faith in Christ. They're Jews following Judaism. They're going from town to town. So they add this, in the name of the Lord Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. But one of them, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? Now, to me, it's just a funny story. <laughs> I know Jesus, I know Paul, but I don't know who you are. Notice verse 6, then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house and this is just funny, naked <laughs> and battered. That devil beat them up, beat them to pieces, tore off their clothes. They ran away in shame. Now, if you can't find humor in that, there's something wrong. But notice what happened. Verse 17, the story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus, to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books were several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful impact. And when I read that today, it just, it just hit me. The word or the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. When there are manifestations of the Spirit, when God shows up, the Lord will be magnified and the word and the message of Christ will spread in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. So notice... Let's break it down. The story spread quickly. The story of the seven sons of Sceva. Did you hear what happened last night? Can you imagine <laughs> all the news was going on and they were running from house to house and they were saying, did you hear about the seven sons of Sceva? There really must be something about this Jesus Paul was preaching about. There really must be something about this man Jesus. So the story spread quickly. Then solemn fear descended. The fear of God, of the holiness of God. That God is really among us. That God is here. And the word says the name of Jesus was greatly honored. Jesus said, you lift me up, I'll draw all men into myself. If I be lifted up. I will draw all men. The supernatural gifts of God, the miracles, are not for self-glory, 
that it bring honor to God. Third, to point the lost to Jesus, that the name of Jesus be honored. Notice the result. It says confession and repentance happen. There was a clear repudiation of evil doing. They brought their incantation books. People realized they were forsaking their old way. And the message spread widely, and the message had a powerful impact. See, the miraculous, the unusual miracles which were taking place in Ephesus led to revival. The manifestation of the Spirit led to an incident that caused a reverential fear to come upon the residents of Ephesus. And it led to a great revival where people were saved and they turned away from the world. Ephesus was a dark place. It was a dark place as seen by the amount of incantation books that were brought to burn. The New Living Translation puts a, a value of over $3 million in, in today's currency. Can you imagine the impact was happening? So you see that Ephesus was a very dark place. It's described as a stronghold for the enemy. However, the light of the gospel of Christ penetrated the darkness and breakthrough came. And that's the power of the miraculous. That's the power when God shows up in the midst of the darkness, it'll penetrate the darkness. Why do we need the manifestations of the spirit in our life? Why do we need to pray for the Lord to show up and believe God for the miraculous? Because the darkness around will see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that what happened in the book of Acts is for the people of God today. That as we read the word of God, it's not an archaic book about historical events. It's a living document, the word of the living God for here and now, for you today. May this story in Ephesus give us hope even when it seems like the enemy has more territory, nothing's too hard for God. May we be a church moving and operating in the supernatural gifts of the Lord. Like Stephen, may it be said of us, there are people full of God's grace and power. What must you and I do? We gotta spend time in God's presence. We gotta be ye, being filled with the Spirit. God has given you a prayer language. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You've got a prayer language. You're meant to pray in that prayer language every day. Pray with your spirit and pray with the understanding. Something about when you and I are praying in the spirit. Something about how the Lord builds up our most holy faith. It's something how the Lord begins to move. We must be a people led of the spirit. Cultivate the presence of God in your life. Learn to hear the voice of God. Ask God to give you faith to act on what you hear. Often when you're sitting at the marketplace, maybe having a cup of coffee, or you're at work, sometimes you see a coworker, a friend, 
and you have this inclination, you have this feeling, go tell them it's going to be okay. That's the Spirit of God. Act on it. And the more you act on it, the more you're obedient, the more you'll learn to hear the voice of God even clearer. Respond to what God is doing in the moment. you got to pray bold prayers. I love this passage in Acts 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, hear their threats. This is the disciples. Peter and John had been arrested, then released. They were threatened. Preach no more about Jesus. Quit filling Jerusalem with this doctrine of the resurrection of Christ. Remember, it was Peter that said, you judge, should we obey God or should we obey man? So after they realized they couldn't do anything to them, they had no reason to hold them any longer, they beat them and then released them. Peter and John shows back up with the disciples and they're gathered together and they pray this prayer. Hear their threats. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They prayed that the miraculous would happen. It was a bold prayer. And church, we have to get back to praying bold prayers. Pray boldly. Ask God to manifest the miraculous in your life. To manifest the miraculous in your family. To manifest the miraculous in your church. Come with an expectation and anticipation that God is going to meet us. And when God joins us, the miraculous will happen. And after this, the meeting place shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word of God with boldness. And I want to leave you with this verse. Actually, Christy and I did our little devotion this morning. And this verse was in that devotion. Psalm 37, verse 7. The New Living says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Oh, I like that. Be still in the presence of God and wait patiently for him to act. There's something about the people of God being still in the presence of God and waiting. Maybe you have a King James Version It translates it this way, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. He says, well, why is the difference? Well, the Hebrew for be still is to be or become marked by the absence of sound. A restful place. Be still. In the presence of the Lord. And that Hebrew for in the presence actually is a word which speaks of direction towards something. Talking about position. Be still. Position yourself before God. The word of the Lord is Yahweh. The one who manifested himself to Moses in the burning bush. Yahweh is here. I am 
that I am. Wait patiently means to look forward to the occurrence of or the arrival of something. So the word also carries the idea of to bring. It means to be in labor, to give birth. So look at this. You have to learn to be still with your posture before God, before Yahweh. And in doing so, he's going to birth something new in you. As we wait in the presence of God, the supernatural activity of God will be birthed because we are looking forward to the arrival of what the Spirit of God is going to bring. Jesus, move among us, oh God. We are still in your presence. Our posture is toward you. And we, God, look toward you, anticipating the birthing of the miraculous in our life. Be still and wait patiently for him to act. I don't know what you need tonight, but I know this. If you position yourself in the presence of Yahweh, <laughs> he's gonna act, he's gonna work. So why don't you right there where you are, just stand. Shut yourself in with God. Quiet your spirit before the Lord. Gently with hands raised, just wait before the presence of God. Expect God to act. Expect God to act. What do you need? What do you need? Position yourself. You're waiting restfully, quietly. Waiting for God to act. It's like the birthing of something new. The birthing of the miraculous. What is your need? Maybe your family's in conflict. So I need peace in my home. Maybe you are in conflict. Maybe you are in conflict and you need peace in your mind and soul. Maybe you have a physical diagnosed with something. You need God to intervene. Yes, you're doing what human wisdom tells you to do. Yes, you're following medical practices as wisdom would tell you to do, but you realize that it's beyond even the medical practice. You need God to show up. You need God to intervene. Wait patiently. Maybe it's a son or daughter you're believing for. God is going to act. God is going to move. Father, I come against the spirit of fear right now. I come against the spirit of doubt. God, the moment that we get to that place of waiting quietly, sometimes the enemy brings those doubts, even self brings the doubts and questions. Father, we shut all those doubts out. For you, O oh Lord, have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind.
Father, may the power of the Lord, the dunamis, the power of the Holy Spirit be released in this place be released in our life. God, to the best of our know-how, we surrender. To the best of our ability, God, we come to you. We are still in your presence. God, waiting patiently for you to act, for you to work, and our confidence is sure that though the storm rages, the house will not fall because our house is built upon the rock, Jesus Christ. We praise you for the miraculous. We praise you that you are a God of miracles. We praise you, Lord, for the gifts of the Spirit. We praise you for the workings of miracles in our life, God. And Lord, may we see the, 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 the miracles in the ordinary day of life. But, but God, we're also believing for special, unusual miracles for this day this hour, Lord, because there's a lost and hurting and dying world that needs to see the authentic power of the Most High. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we yield ourselves to you, God. We yield ourselves to you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We magnify the name of God. We exalt the name of Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. We declare victory, God. We declare victory. We declare healings. We declare miracles. The creative power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the hope of Jesus Christ that fills the hearts of believers tonight. I thank you for the peace that surpasses understanding. I thank you, Lord, for the calm and the stillness even as the storm rages around us. There is a rest for the people of God 